Welcome to another Take 10 with Jen. Get equipped in the supernatural. And now, here's Jen. Hello again. I'm so glad that you joined us. I want to talk to you today about something God addressed with His people in Ezekiel 36. He said that they had a stony heart, a hard heart, and that He was going to make their heart tender again. Well, that happens when we go through inner healing and deliverance, and we need to. We can't have a hard heart. That makes us blind on the inside, and it takes us away from God. Stay tuned and check it all out. share with you a quick story to illustrate what I'm going to be discussing today. Well, I was in college and I was still living at home and I was drinking coffee early one morning at the kitchen table. And then I noticed a mouse scurry across the kitchen floor. Well, my significantly younger half sister, she had adopted a mouse, a pet mouse and neglected to tell us and it had escaped. And so what happened in that moment is I had a reaction. I actually pulled my feet up off of the floor really quickly, uh, put them on the chair in some kind of self-protective posture, which was kind of ridiculous because what was that mouse going to do to me? And so some medical professionals and psychologists, they have suggested that we might have more than one brain. We have our mind and we have perhaps a heart brain and some have suggested even a gut brain. But without getting too clinical, perhaps you've noticed the contrast between your logical and rational thoughts and then your actual emotions and feelings and beliefs. And so sitting in that kitchen chair, my emotions were clearly in charge. Actually, my childish emotions, a belief in my heart buried deep down that in this circumstance, it came to the surface, rushing to the surface, and I reacted without thinking. And so my adult logic, it kicked in and I was talking to myself, that self-talk that we do. And I was like, well, hello, this is a little mouse. What are you going to do about that? Why don't you put your feet on the floor and go get a mousetrap? And that's exactly what I did. The Bible says to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. That's Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. In other words, whatever you believe in your heart, well, that's the way your life is going to go eventually for better or for worse. My husband reflects a little bit differently, and he says that your heart is going to determine the borders and the parameters of your life. So maybe you should say this with me now. Whatever I believe in my heart, that is the way my life is going to go. When I'm talking about the heart, I'm not talking about the heart as a vital organ that's pumping blood throughout your body. I'm also not talking about romantic love or romance or anything connected to that. What I'm talking about is what commentators would often say is the center of your very being, the center of your emotions, the very seat of your conscience. And that is the heart as the Bible describes it. It's mentioned about 800 or 900 times, depending on your translation. But there's been some very distinct descriptions and definitions given by early commentators on what the heart really is. You see, we have all sorts of belief structures and narratives that are resonating in our heart that are reacting to things we encounter every day in life. They often make the first decision for us without consulting our intellect. These are the hidden narratives that are whispering underneath all of our actions and activities. These nonsensical beliefs can stay active, even hidden for years until something brings them to the surface. 
There's a woman in my online mentoring group who joined the group for some targeted personal growth, but she noticed that she started to sabotage that very growth the minute that she joined. And she confessed her struggle in the community group. And I asked her, I said, well, what is the negative emotion that is driving you to sabotage yourself? And then she responded, well, I have a lot going on inside of me, things that I'm intimidated to look at. So it's interesting that she knew in her mind what she needed to do, but her heart ended up making the decision at the end of the day. For those who are wounded inside and have belief structures tucked away in their hearts as a result, you know, things that God has never authored, they end up doing things that they never thought that they would do. The Apostle Paul confessed to something similar. He said, I actually do what I don't want to do and I do what I hate. That's Romans chapter 7, verse 15. Notice that he doesn't disclose his actions. I've concluded that's probably because whatever it is that he did was highly offensive to his apostolic office. And this is where we see his powerful exhortation to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Well, if we're going to walk in the spirit, we're actually going to have to deal with those belief structures in our heart that are ordering our life and causing us to do the very things that we don't want to do. We see this also in the life of King David. He knew right from wrong, and yet he did the unthinkable. He had the adulterous affair with Bathsheba, and then she became pregnant. And when he found out, he wanted to cover it up. And so he had her husband murdered, and David thought he had it all covered up, and nobody was going to find out. But God sent his prophet, and that sin was uncovered. And this is where we see the remorse of David, where we begin to talk to the Lord. And that famous prayer in Psalm 51, created me a clean heart, emerged as a result of his true repentance from that terrible, terrible sin that David did as if he couldn't control himself. And you might be saying to yourself, well, what was he thinking? I don't think David was thinking at all. I think he was flowing in the disposition of his own heart. You see, scholars say that King David, well, he was birthed the same way. He was conceived in an adulterous affair, and that iniquity was alive and well in his life. And so instead of acting like a son of God, he actually behaved in the pattern of the family iniquity and did what he was birthed in. He actually had an affair and impregnated someone too. And so this is where we see David say, created me a clean heart. And if you look at the Hebrew and what he was really asking the Lord to do, he was asking God to do an act of creation. He realized his heart was sick. And he was a man of God, he loved the Lord, and yet he did a sick thing. And that was a reflection, again, of Proverbs chapter 4. Whatever is in your heart, that is the way your life is going to flow. And so one of the most powerful work of God in your life is going to be the work of identity, identifying with Christ. You see, in Jesus, we are royalty, and sometimes we forget that. And when we forget that, we begin to act in old, familiar patterns that are not good for us. This was David's struggle. Was he the son of Jesse or was he a son of God? Well, when he identified with the son of Jesse, he did the things that Jesse did. But when he identified with God, he led worship on insurmountable scales. He led battles in powerful victories. This is what he did when he recognized and identified as a son of God. 
And so this is what we see happen in the life of Peter. When Peter denied Christ three times, he went back to what? He went back to fishing. He was a fisherman before he was a disciple of Christ. He fell back into a familiar pattern. Remember what Jesus said to him. He says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He was no longer going to be a fisherman. But after he failed, he went right back into his old identity, being a fisherman instead of a fisher of men. I was thinking of the story of a young man who was on fire for Christ. He loved Jesus. He was in a anointed environment. But then he began to notice some hypocrisy with church leaders and church in general. And so he fell back into a familiar pattern, no longer identifying with Christ. And he had a stunning photography gift, one that God actually put this drive and creativity inside of him to create stunning visuals for the kingdom of God. But instead, he fell back into an old identity, and he began to create some very inappropriate imagery. Well, the devil got hold of his gift, but the fear of God got hold of him as well. And he began to reorient himself back into his identity in Christ. And the fear of the Lord drove him to let go of everything that had to do with an unclean lifestyle. And he began to walk out in holiness again. I want to thank all of my global partners who are financially supporting this ministry as we get this message, as we advance God's kingdom across the earth through media. We have a message about the supernatural and reconciling people to the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that they can preach the gospel with confidence, preach the gospel the way Jesus intended, and it's working. We've had so many testimonies of people finally reconciling that they are supernatural because of the Holy Spirit and actually stepping into ministry for the first time ever. So many ministries launch, ministries that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, ministries that want to win souls, that are winning souls, and it's been a power encounter across media, in person, in churches, and even more. If you want to become a financial partner and support this ministry, well, I want to invite you to give. Go to jenniferevaz.com and just hit the Give tab. Thanks again for listening to Take 10 with Jen. For more resources and to become a partner, visit us at jenniferevaz.com.